guys, we're Mike and Paige. We are college sweethearts living just outside the Nashville area. We have four stupendous children, <laughs> and we're madly in love. Um, me and Paige, we love good stories and we love good podcasts, so we thought we'd put those two things together and kind of create our own. So welcome. This is Laugh So You Don't Cry. Mike, hmm. how we should start off this podcast is I need you to tell me an awkward church story. We all got them. We all got something that happened, and we just feel about every time we think about it. So please tell yours. I have a lot of them. Um, (laughs) Don't (laughs) we all? Uh, So I was working at a church in Washington, and I think you were there for this. I'm not sure. Anyway, so I was the... We were dating. I don't know if I was at the church yet. I was the children's small group coordinator. Uh, So I just helped run the kids' ministry and um, I was paid staff. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> and we were doing uh, field games. And I decided like, oh, it's a good field game to play. And one of them was Red Rover. You know, that just makes sense. Um, <laughs> let's decapitate the <laughs> let's, children. Let's let's. And chuck, what chuck. age is this? Uh, this was the fourth grade kids. Yeah. Fourth, fifth, and sixth? Six. Yeah, fourth, fifth, and sixth, which is a big difference from a fourth grader to a sixth grader typically. Um so as we're playing Red Rover, um, a little girl comes comes on over, <laughs> and she <laughs> runs through, and she gets clotheslined. Uh, as all Red Rovers, you know, things happen. And there was this one child. Um, we'll call him Martin. He was an Asian fella, and he was <laughs> he was very he was very blunt to, to say, the, say least. the least. And he was like. And, you know, the girl's on the ground. She's crying. She's laying there. She's been clotheslined by these other kids. And he goes, you're awful at this job. You should be fired. <laughs> My God. And I'm just like, there's this little girl crying on the ground. She got smacked in and the face. And you're responsible. Like, you're personally responsible I, for a girl crying on I, the ground. I, I orchestrated this painful moment <laughs> for this child. So, um, you, When you were designing this game, you thought, what little girl is going to die today? And I pointed her out as we're walking over there. I was like, eeny, meeny, miny, you. <laughs> Your arm that like your forearm was, that she ran it into. Was, it wasn't my arm; it was my fist. <laughs> You're like this kid, <laughs> little Tina. Come on over. <laughs> Watch this guy. It was. It, it was <laughs> just like, me. It was just me on over. one side <laughs> against all the kids. So they had to get by me. <laughs> I'm just punching kids in the face left and. Right. No, that's not what happened. At least not the court of law. Okay. Stop. So Paige, what is your? Favorite awkward church story. So that, whoa, wait, wait. So that was the end? Like he was just yeah. like, you're not good at this. Yeah. And I remember, I remember his little face. His Did little, you his little... tell your boss? Yeah, I had to write her a little report about it. Oh. Really got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> like an incident report? Uh-huh. Jen Skipper had to sign it, so. That's so funny. Okay. So mine was at the church that we were just at a couple of years ago. Um, for those who have listened to our podcast, we changed churches a couple of years back uh, just because we moved 25 minutes down the road and it wasn't possible anymore to go there. But um, at this church, our best friends went there and we would, you know, go to the same service and they always saved us seats like every week. And occasionally we would get there before them, but more times than not, they would get there first and save us seats. Yeah. So we see them. Um, it's an empty row. They're there on one end, and on the other end, there's stuff. And Mike is a like serial end mm-hmm. of the row, back sitter. row, end of the row. 
Baptist. Like, there, I have tried so hard. I am a front row Baptist. I want to be where the Holy Spirit is, that front row. Uh, and Mike is like, I don't want to be where a soul can see me. That's so funny. Didn't, didn't Jesus say the first shall be last? So shouldn't you just, shouldn't you be in the back? <laughs> oh, right. So in that in that way, you're the most holy. Uh, yeah, correct, thank correct, you. correct. Thank you. So, <laughs> so we... Uh, we're walking, we find our friends, and the rows like it it get, the church rows get bigger the further back you go. So this row's pretty small, maybe like ten seats total. No one's in the middle. Um, they're on one end, so we're gonna sit on the other end. And I see their stuff. So I go ahead and I scoot their stuff down to the middle towards them so that like after worship and singing is over, like they can get their stuff for the teaching time. So then, you know, we're singing not really paying attention. And out of the corner of my eye, I see these people like motioning, trying to figure out where their stuff is. And then I think the lady like taps me and like, I look and I, you know, trying to address what's happening. And that's the moment that it hit me, friends. (laughs) It was not my friend's stuff. It was this random person that I had no idea who they were, and I had moved their stuff they never came and back. took their seats. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that to this day and like cringe because. Well, I mean, then you looked at it and you were like, this is my row. And I looked at Nate and I was like, Nate, you, you didn't. said something. <laughs> I was like, you could have said something. I was like, who's. And he like was dying laughing at this point because he had like realized what had happened. And the people were so nice. They were super great about it. I think there were ushers and like serving. Usher, also, usher. also, I need to piggyback this with um, during worship through song, I am a very expressive human in general, but. You can typically find me doing like the goalpost thing, like as far as my hands can reach out. That's what's happening. (laughs) Waving around like I have a pretend flag or kneeling it, just sobbing at Jesus's feet. One of those, right? So So holy. Well, just expressive. It can be, you know, Mike can be having a more holy moment by just standing there. I typically It's just differences. (laughs) So (laughs) what? One time, I can't even say it. One time, like, we're in worship. It's just like a banger of a song. <laughs> like, it's just going, emotions this are high. This is the air I breathe. Yeah, that's what it is. It's just like, mm. <laughs> And I went from, like, my hands, like, near my chest to, like, immediately out, full wingspan, just out. Well, is that that moment where my right hand meets some resistance? <laughs> <laughs> just full on. It was like, me. I hit a lady who was just trying to get to her seat. Like they had come in late, and I. Paige is really defensive over her seats. If you, if, if it's her seat, she'll move your stuff. She'll slap you in the face. <laughs> Stay away no, from her no, seat. No, uh, this Sunday, I think I accidentally sat a row forward for, where, from where we normally sit. And, uh, you know, people typically have their spots or around general areas. And I looked when service started, I was like, oh, oh, I think I'm a row in front. And so then I was like, did I take your seat, guys? I'm so sorry. (laughs) This is my row now. (laughs) I've never mean to take people's seats. Apparently there's a trend, though. (laughs) 
Well, guys, uh, so... Elephant in the room. Elephant in the room. Uh, it's been a while. Mike um, and I are still together. <laughs> so we, we're Maybe still laughing. Maybe people are like, we're a lot of crying. <laughs> so we, we literally, we went on like a, a week vacation. Uh, I went to Michigan for a couple of days. Work has been crazy. We Like, it's just been... It's been the start of the school year. Start of the school year. We kind of have a new child. What if? (laughs) No, we do not. We do not have a new child. Um, I asked my niece. She said that I can tell the world. Oh, nice. I went um, to South Dakota, and my niece, who was staying there for a while, is now back in Tennessee with us, which is a huge praise and victory. Mm -hmm. But... um, so it it we have just had a lot of life of adjusting a lot, um, and so we're very tired right now. Yeah, friends, it's been a it has been an interesting school year. It's <laughs> just been least. it's just been hard. And Memphis started school with Zayo, which is great, and they're like crushing it. Mm-hmm. And I think Zayo is um, finally getting school; like it's just clicking, and she's excelling um, so well. But it's just been a very exhausting. Yeah. Time in our lives. So we took a little fall break early. And it was, <laughs> two it, months yeah, off. It wasn't intentional. <laughs> we were like, we got to do a podcast. <sighs> yeah. And, <laughs> and like, like, like next week I'm in Arizona for a week for a sales conference. And like, we're just, gosh, we're just, we're just keep it's going. It's just a going. lot of life right now. Life, so life. we apologize. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, so tonight uh, we were trying to figure out how to talk about this topic. We've kind of molded around a couple of times. Um, but we want to talk about. Uh, faith and doubt. Um, I think doubt is super normal. Um, sometimes we feel like it's taboo to talk about within like the church walls, but I think doubt is something that every believer walks through. And we wanted to talk about what is that? What does that doubt component look like for me and for Mike? And then what do we just like our experience with it? Yeah. And then, and then also like. I mean, I'm almost 40, which is so weird. Uh, but like, we're we're seeing that doubt play out in other people's lives, and instead, like, and just how how do you deal with that, guys? Uh, so, well, what is our what is our response yeah. as the Christian community, as believers, as people who are God's image bearers, walking around Earth? Mm-hmm. How do how do we respond uh, when others doubt? Yeah. So, Paige, you're going to go first. So yeah. Um, so I tend to very quickly get into a logical box. Um, that for sure is what kind of helps me mull over things. Um, when when uh, I start to get anxious or um, feel some sorts of way about things, I very quickly, to um, kind of calm fears in me, go to a logical box. So um, what that looks like in a practical everyday thing is like the one thing that I think I get anxious about more than uh, not is finances. So when I'm when things feel rocky, I like straight go to my bill binder and I, mm. and I look at everything and, oh, okay, it's fine. <laughs> or like, okay, I need to do X, Y, Z and then it'll be okay or, you know, whatever. Um, so I think like most kids who grew up in the church, my, oh, let me kind of say this a different way. So if you look at my life as a believer, 
I like to call them like flagship moments. Um, and maybe it was times that I was kind of straying and like God met me here. In the Old Testament, you see people, uh, they would make an altar and say and name it um, how God met that person there. Uh, I like to call them flagship moments. And so I kind of see these flagship moments in my life. And one of the flagship moments is when I uh, started taking my faith, probably the most serious at that point. How old were you? Like three? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, like, well, your mom always your mom always says, Paige came out of the womb believing. That is what she says. <laughs> so a flagship moment for me was in junior high when I just started taking my faith seriously as far as like I was reading the Bible for myself. Um, my youth pastor, I mean, which is kind of ballsy to say. Can I say ballsy? I don't know. Um, to say as a youth pastor, but he said, like, your parents are going to die eventually. And if you're relying on them for your faith, like, one, it's not going to work. That's not how you get into heaven. That's not, like, a way to ha- to know God himself. But two, what are you going to do when your parents die? And I, I kind of like, um, you know, that Matrix video or whatever gif of, like, him bending over backwards and just being like, I and like dodging a bullet or whatever. I kind of like was like, whoa. And I, and it kind of like my whole head shook. And I was just like, what am I going to do when my mom dies? Like, up until that point, I relied on her so much for biblical knowledge. And I was at this point where like I could dive into like not a children's Bible, but a real Bible and, Mm. and read the word for myself. And I was like, whoa, what is going to happen when I don't have, and this dates me, but pre-internet, pre, like, (laughs) uh, I could pull up, I could just say a phrase and put it in Google and it would pop up what scripture it's from. And I was just like, oh, I've got to like, I've got to know my word. Hmm. Oh. And then, you know, it was like, well, what do I believe? Like, how do how do I reconcile what I've been growing up believing versus like what I see? And again, like when those matrix moments of like, whoa. Um, and I remember this video and I thought it was School of Rock. I tried to Google it before our podcast. And, but somehow every time I doubt, I come back to this logical point, which is funny because it's School of Rock. <laughs> but there's this... Video, if y'all can find it and send it to me, my gosh, would you please? But I have no idea where you're going. I'm really curious as to what in the world. <laughs> There's this video of, I feel like it's School of Rock. Um, and it was talking about the statistical possibility of Jesus fulfilling the prophecies. And it said, if you take the state of Texas and you fill it up three feet high of Oreos, and then you get into a plane with one Oreo in your, or maybe it's three Oreos in your hand, and you lick them, and then you toss them out, and then you land the plane and pick up the three Oreos first. That's the statistical probability of Jesus actually fulfilling the prophecies. And it wasn't like all of the prophecies that he fulfilled, it was like, half of the prophecies that he fulfilled, or something like that. And every time I doubt, I go back to that, and it's like, that, that's insane. Like, could I really get into a plane with three Oreos, lick them, land, and somewhere in the state of Texas, pick up these Oreos again, and like, 
The fact that Jesus did that, the fact that Jesus truly fulfilled the prophecies that were made about him is mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. Mm. And so for me, as silly of a thing that is, like it's really helped me stay on track hmm. because Jesus really did not only what they said he was going to do, but he continues to do what he said he was going to do. It's not School of Rock. I'm, just going to I'm pretty positive <laughs> it was. It's not School of Rock. I know that movie like the back of my hand. It's not School of Rock. School of Rock wasn't just a movie. Wasn't it like a cartoon special? They had different episodes? Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> maybe. maybe it was from the creators of School of Rock. Guys, maybe. could y'all help me find this? All of that to say, when I doubt, as stupid as it is, I go back to that, that Jesus really did what mm. he said he was going to do. And not only did he do it then, but he has continued to do what he said he was going to do. Um, and so I go back to that logic box. Also, I think if Jesus was not real, if none of this, ex- like, was true, I, what is my life? Like, truly, my life um, just would not make sense if if all of this is not real. And then I think about the experiences that I've had with the Lord and how He has transformed my life and how I've seen miracles upon miracles. Um, I can't fully get into it out of respect for my extended family. But there, if you've been listening, you kind of know that there's a person in my life that's a little harder to love. And I was scared, like a genuine scared for my safety, for the safety of my family um, a couple of weeks back over some issues that had come up. And I reached out to my friends and I said, guys, I'm going to need you to pray. Like, I'm going to need you to pray right now. Like, this is happening. It's really big. It's going to be really big. And I know historically how this plays out. Um, And I was afraid, like, genuine safety concern. It's really hard saying things in real time in a very public forum. So <laughs> if you're my friends, I can totally tell you just not on this public yeah. platform. Um, and I reached out to people in my church and I just and to my closest friends and I said, hey, I need you all to pray like right now, pray. Mm-hmm. And the situation happened and the person who I've never known to handle conflict well handled it pretty well um, instead of being explosive and yelling and screaming and physically having altercations. The person was relatively calm. And even though the police were called, um, I watched a miracle happen in, my, in front of my eyes. Mm. I watched as... Um, in the Old Testament, I'm going, reading through the Old Testament right now, so you're gonna see, you're gonna hear a lot of examples of, from that. But in the Old Testament, um, it, uh, Scripture tells time and time again of how 
God took the minds of Israel's enemies as they were conquering the promised land, and he confounded the minds of the enemies. And I watched firsthand. And that's what I prayed before this whole situation happened. Um, And I watched as God did that in front of my eyes, and he Mm -hmm. confounded this person's mind and gave over to me what I was asking the Lord for. And when I'm telling you my entire existence, I have seen one thing Mm. and what happened was another thing. I got back into my car to run an errand and I just kept saying, like, I have witnessed a miracle. Mm. Not only am I safe, but my family member is safe. And not only that, when the police call were called, it was not a chaotic thing um, as, as it has been in the past. And, and so when I have these moments of doubt, those are the things that I go back on. And I, and I realize, like, that's not a fluke. That's not happenstance. Yeah. Truly, that is the God of angels' armies truly working right now. Um, and it, I think I have the prayers of the saints for help, holding me, for sure. Um, but also for helping me um, stay calm in that time. But also like for just pleading the throne of God. I always tell people... Um, One of the first things that I text friends who have miscarried is like, hey, I love you. Do not be strong right now. You you feel whatever you need to feel and allow us to be strong for you. Let the prayers of the saints hold you up while you fall apart. Because falling apart is a very um, needed part of the process of miscarrying. But allowing the the saints, believers uh, in Jesus Christ, hold you during that time is just a very tangible spiritual gift that you can give someone. Um, and that's what I experienced the other week. Hmm. So that's what I do when I don't. <laughs> that was very long. <laughs> no, Mike. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't very long. It, um, it's so funny because whenever we hear somebody else's uh, experience or story, we we can't help but like constantly compare it to our own, mm-hmm. you know, it helps us when I think understand, try to understand better what you're going through, mm-hmm. you know, but also just like, it reminds us of how different we are. And I'm like, well, comparison kills. So don't like, don't allow that to make you feel. No, no, I wasn't comparing so- it like, oh, like that's, you know, like it's so much easier, better. No, it was oh, like, okay. um, it was like seeing how you handle things and being like, huh, how would I have handled that? Or, you know, like, what what would doubt manifest itself like? Oh, sure. Right. Or like, you know, the things that you came up with that are doubt, you know, are times of doubt are just surprising to me. Hmm. But, um, so the, my favorite band, Zayo, uh, well, second favorite band, um, I actually, I actually got to, um, go to Memphis and see my favorite band of all time, Few Left Standing, uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, I'm going to just throw that out there because I actually um, talked to the guitar player for the first time ever. And he was like, 
were I'm a fan of your podcast. And it was ah! like, it was like, <laughs> I was like totally fangirling. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're a fan of my stuff? Like, dude, I'm a fan of your stuff. This is amazing. Um, they haven't been together for like 20 years. So it was uh, super, super incredible. Um, but we don't have si- a kid named Few Left Standing yet. We don't. One more. Don't. One more, Mike. Um, <laughs> well, they did. Zayo did a song a long time ago based off of the Psalm Psalm seventy seven, and so I'm going to read it because mm-hmm. um, this is the psalm that I go to when in doubt. Um, and Psalm seventy seven says, "I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands." And I would not be comforted. Mm. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated, and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject me forever? Mm. Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Wow. Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal. Mm. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Come on. Yes, I'll remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Mm. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. Mm. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The water saw you, God. The water saw you and writhed. Mm -hmm. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Can you say what psalm that was again? Psalm 77. Um, also, when Zeo sings that song, um, it's brutal. <laughs> um, why I love that psalm so much is because, just being blunt and honest, um, Worship music and church sermons and books and literature and Christianity nowadays is very pansy. <laughs> um, it's very feminine. It's very like it's very Mark Driscoll of you very to say touch. It's very it's very like warm. I want to warm your heart. When the reality is like you know I I I don't want to whoa 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 and clap my hands. I want to, I want to rip my That's shirt. That's all I ever want to do. Yeah. I, I want to rip my shirt and I want to cry out to the Lord. Mm. And the author of that Psalm, the in the entire first half of it is like, has God forgotten about me? Mm. Like, is his grace and mercy gone? Because it certainly feels like it. Mm. 
And the, 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 the response is not God showing up and being like, no, I'm going to prove your doubt wrong. It is, it is the author. It is the individual. It is us who says in the face of that, I'm, I'm going to remember. Mm. Yeah. I like going back to those flagship points. Yeah. I'm going to recall, I'm going to look back and see the mighty works of the Lord. Mm. And I, I, I struggle with that in my faith where I'm like, all right, God, I need you to show up right now. I need you to show up right now and do something miraculous right now to make my doubt go away. And which I can request that of him. And if he wants to, he'll do it. But also, we need to remember all the good that God has done for us. That was one of the things that I wanted to talk about in a little bit. But also, since you brought it up, like I think that's really important to have your heart prepared for the battle coming. Because we... Uh, I don't know how to say his name, J.P. Uh He's a really great pastor at Harris Creek in Texas, wherever Baylor is. But Waco, maybe? Question mark? Anyways. Waco. You do need to follow him on Instagram. Go to my page, type in J.P. after whoever I follow. Follow him because he has Friday questions that he answers. He's a pastor. That's pretty good. And it's like legit good because people ask him like some really hard questions. And I'm like, how are we going to answer this, sir? Anyways, he um, he said that you're either in a battle, about to go into a battle, or just got out of a battle. And like just that is the Christian walk. Mm-hmm. And you, I think it's so vitally important when you are in these times of like, oh, okay, like maybe the battle's over. Um, you need to be so firm in who you you firm in your knowledge of the Lord, because when that battle comes, sometimes you just don't have the strength. Mm. I mean, you never do. It's always going to be the Lord's strength. But you need to know before the battle. You need to know that you know that you know that you know who God is, because when that comes and every wave has hit you, is continuing to hit you, you're going to struggle. And, and you need to be as amply prepared, uh, have that full armor on, because, because the attack of the enemy is so real and so strong and so crafty that it's so important to be ready, to be sure, f- have your feet sure, hmm. um, have your, like, you know your stance, you know... I think, um, first of all, Jackie Hill Perry, do I love you? Yes, yes, I do. Also a great follow on Instagram. But Jackie Hill Perry, um, I went to a conference of hers this past weekend, and she said, every sin that we commit goes back to a lie we believe about God. Well, God, I don't think you're going to take care of me, so I'm going to take the job that I think is going to be better financially so I'm not going to take the job that is, uh, or I'm not going to stay in this job, even though you told me to, because this job will provide for me better than you can. When she said that example, I was like, oh, oh, that hurts. Mm. But in like the best way, 
What are you writing down over there? Lots of stuff. <laughs> um, so my d- doubt, doubt has been a big part of my faith. Um, my faith journey, not my faith, my faith journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and faith journey is such a weird set, like my faith journey. <laughs> um, so. You get, don't like things pansy. Yeah. Well, no, I don't, uh, <laughs> no, I was just talking about like, sometimes we need to be able to be okay to be like raw, mm-hmm. you know, like. God's a big boy. He can he can take and he wants you to be real with him and be like mm-hmm. I think a lot of Where where are you? Why aren't you showing up? Like a you lot can, of you failure can ask in our questions. parts are not coming to God undone. Mm-hmm. Um and it goes back to like Adam and Eve hiding in the garden. <laughs> like that was a sin. That was a sin. They were hiding from God. And why was that? Because they felt shame because they didn't want to God to see themselves fully. But the reality is they forgot that God already saw them fully. Mm-hmm. God already knew. He knew before it happened. He knew it before you created them. And, and all we're doing is robbing ourselves of what God wants to do in our lives when we don't cry out to him in our ugly and our mess. Yeah. Um. So I, I didn't grow up in the church, and so I, I never had an example of faith. Um, you know, it's funny, I, as I evaluate, like, growing up, I didn't really have anything to believe in. Mm. Like, there was never a, like, I didn't believe in God. Um, there was no foundational aspect of faith or belief, you know, like, no one ever said, like, believe in yourself or believe in this thing, you know have faith in yourself, have faith in this thing. It was, there was, that was just, wasn't a concept. Um, so I'm still learning. I mean, I've been a Christian now for 21 years, 22 years, and it's still learning what faith looks like. Um, and you have to want to have faith. Hmm. That's good. That's a word. Like, I, th- I think there's like a, a misconception. I don't know where it's, I don't know where it's communicated or where it's not communicated, but like it doesn't come naturally. Mm-mm. Like you have to want to have faith. So like there, there have been times in my life where I did not want to have faith where I was like, no, I, I want, I want to be high. I want to be, I want to be alone. I want to be in this place of despair um, because it's, it's more comfortable than having to bring things to light. And so I want that more than I want to have faith. Um, but I mean, doubt's been huge in my life. I, I mean, when my mom died, um, I, I became, when I became a Christian, um, my mom had died before that, but like that really messed with my faith. Like I had a lot of doubts, like, you know, God is good, but is he so good? And is his word so true that like, People who don't believe in Jesus go to hell. Well, if that's the case, then that means people I know aren't going to be in heaven because they didn't believe in Jesus. And my mom might be one of them. And if you listen to our past episode, you know, we talk about that and, you know, praise the Lord that that's not the case. But like, those are the things that really get to you, mm-hmm. you know, and and they'll tear things down. And then... I, I think you got to watch out too because the enemy 
will use those things. Like, oh, yeah. Um, we're reading James in our small group. Actually, let me get it. Pause while I flip through scripture. <laughs> Hebrews, James. First. <laughs> what is it? First and second Peter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it says James 1, but he, uh, okay. James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to them. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind, Mm -hmm. that man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all that he does. And I've been really struggling with, with something, like really struggling with something. And there was a... I felt, um, I felt like I was going crazy. There, there was, we went on this vacation with our friends, and like I legitimately felt like I was going crazy. And uh, we opened, you know, James, and I read this, and it, you know, um, he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And I got that image in my head, like think about a wave and like me, like being in between the waves and how like. Uh, are they called riptides or curl tides or whatever those things are? And they like, sir, like it's just this like cycle that you can't get out of. And I was like, my gosh, that's what's happening. Mm. That's what's happening. And I can't get out of it. And I had to like kneel before the Lord and give this over to him. And I'm, long story short, I feel like the Lord's calling me to be a youth pastor. <laughs> like I, that's what I went to school for. That's what I love. That's what I want more than anything else. Um, I think I know that the Lord has confirmed that in me. Uh, he has not released me yet into a position. And so I'm in this like holding pattern of like waiting for that to happen. Um, and and it just feels very like like the cycle. like I'm just like constantly in this cycle. And I realized like, yes, the Lord confirmed it, but it's his to carry. Mm. And I cannot go back to carrying it myself because all that carrying it myself brings is this the um double-minded man unstable in all of he do- all that he does like i was truly unstable because i was like not getting off of this roller coaster yeah <laughs> that's all that i got to say yeah <laughs> um for me there's there's not this uh so when I, I mean, I've struggled with doubt for years and it comes and it goes in waves. No pun intended with what you just said. <laughs> but like the, the, the hard part for me is that I don't, I don't cling on to, um, possibilities. Like I'm not like, um, I'm not a dreamer. Mm-hmm. And so like, what's going to keep me faithful is not what the Lord is going to do. Say I, that again, please. The thing that's going to keep me faithful is not what the Lord is going to do. The thing that is keeping you faithful is not the thing. Well, sure. Yeah. Because that's relying on the works of God versus God himself. Yeah. But, you know, like, but people like, like they look forward to their growth. They look forward to what God is going to do and reveal. And like, I, I struggle with that and I don't really do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when life gets hard, like, you know, when, when I relapsed or when, you know, me and you separated and like, 
all the hard things that have happened in life, you know, like I don't look at those things and be like, well, God's going to restore them. So I'm going to stay faithful because of those things. Hmm. What is your mode then? My mode is that, well, first real dark and deep (laughs) depression. (laughs) Um, But eventually I come around and I'm, I'm able to look back and see, you know, like if me and you, the next time me and you go through a really hard season. Because <laughs> yeah, it's inevitable. It, it's our, inevitable. It's guys, inevitable. every marriage does, um, period. I'm going to be able to look back at two years ago mm-hmm. and recall that. Yeah, that's a word. And like, God, I mean, like one of the hard realities is like life Life is is not easy, mm-hmm. and like and like for me, life causes doubt. You know, like finance finances. Like, you know, you make more money, but now you have more bills. Am I ever going to be provided for? That there's doubt. You know, like um, being able to live out your dreams and like do all those things. That that's doubt. Like, like all these things of doubt come through, and then. For me, it plays out in the way the Lord, like, I remember being youthful and having this, like, deep, deep relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm not in that place right now. Uh, I haven't really been in that place in, like, seven or eight years. Mm. And, you know, like you said earlier, comparison kills. Like, in that, like, I when I was 17 and a Christian... I'm a completely different person than I than I was back then. Right. But I remember that time in my faith when it was so vibrant. What was the difference between then and now? <laughs> Honestly, I I was um I was consuming the word constantly. Ooh, I bet if you consume the word constantly, <laughs> you might see a you would have the night. same results. You're right. You're right. You know why? Because God's word does not return void. That's true. That's true. We can hang our hats on that. <laughs> um, same for y'all, friends. But here's but then like back to what I said like you have to want it. You gotta want it. You gotta want it. You gotta want, and it's exhausting. Like the the next part we're going to talk about is, um, how to respond to others. Like as the as the church, we are the church. You know, like how do you respond to those who you grew up with? You know, like Paige grew up in the church. She has a lot of friends that she served with and that she served and she grew up alongside that have that you know doubt has affected their life and they've they've chosen to fall away from the Lord and quit following Jesus. And, you know, we went to Moody, so we had a lot of friends and a really big community, and we're seeing a lot of that now, you know, and we're seeing it play out in other ways, you know, and, you know, life happens. Like, I mean, we're, I'm almost 40. Like, I've got friends who are divorced. I've got friends who have died. You know, life is happening to everybody around us, and those who have been faithful to Jesus have had hard times, and it's affecting their faith, and some have given into doubt. And, so what do we do as the church to love those people? And one thing I realized, one thing I, we, me and Paige were talking before this, and I was like, one thing you don't do is you don't use social media. Uh, <laughs> right. Because it brings so much, like, you can't tell tone, you know? And 
a comment section or a story or a post is not the place to post those kind of conversations. Yeah. That's just my two cents I think on it's that. just really, really hard. You just can't have those conversations. And I think there's a reason why Jesus came when he came and not right now. Mm. You know, like Jesus on social media would have been portrayed a whole lot differently than Jesus in the word of God. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I just don't. (sighs) So what do do we do when we had those friends who were in youth group with us or in college with us or like been at church with us for a couple of weeks or years or whatever. And I will say like, they, they're falling away from the Lord. Yeah. They're, they're decide. So like, let, let me, let, let me, let me kind of phrase this this way too. Like typically when we doubt, if we don't pull ourselves out of doubt and I'm speaking from experience, I'm not speaking from Is like it you judging. who's pulling yourself out of doubt? What's that? You've got to want it. That's what You've you said. You've got to want it. Yes. But also like, it's not you who's pulling yourself out of doubt, but I think it's like asking the Lord for that, like throw me in the life life raft. True, but we but we've got to learn it. Like you got to ask. We've got and, and we've got to grab onto it. Right. You know, like God is God is always there with His hand out. I'm saying, just saying, like, marriage is important, sir. No, it is. It is, sir. But like, sir. <laughs> <you're>, <laughs> but you, you know, you've got to grab the hand too. Right. But like, so typically, what happens is you 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 doubt, or life happens, and you doubt, and then you choose to live in that doubt. And not turn back to the truth. And then that starts to infiltrate your life and your actions mm-hmm. and your priorities right. and your values. And so, unfortunately, you know, we, we, we just call it sin, but we start to see it come out. Like, if you give up on your faith and you have doubt, then you start to see things creep in. You get to see new age stuff creep in. You get to see promiscuity, you know, liberalism, whatever. There's a lot I'm, of crystals I'm, that I'm seeing. There's a lot of crystals <laughs> and, you know, things like that. And we're not, I'm not, not poking fun at those things. I'm just saying, like, those are things you see start to come in. So, so how do we respond? How, yeah, how do we respond? I would say, and you know, you said, how do we love those people? And I think that's the, the key is, like, absolutely loving, loving them. And I think... Love for one person is going to look different from love for another person, mm-hmm. from another person. Like when Mike and I were dating, it was, the physical boundaries were incredibly hard. I mean, just incredibly hard. And I wanted someone to shake me and say, I have told you to stop, now stop. Mm-hmm. But I can also say, like, if that, <laughs> that happened to it, if if that, that can't be the blanket um, prescription for everyone. Yeah. Because if you did that to a little timid girl, she'd run away. Like she can't handle, you know, that might be too much for her. Are you saying you're not a little timid girl? Perhaps not, fam. <laughs> um, and so love is also going to look differently for each person. Um, I posted on Instagram, like way at the beginning of our podcast, like what... I posted two questions. I said, um, what has loving people who have walked away the faith looked like in your life? And for those of you who were believers and are no longer Christians, what did you wish would have happened? And a lot of people who said, how do I love the people who have walked away? 
a lot of them said, you know, love them, still be in their lives, like don't treat them any differently. Um, And I think that that was really good. So like some people have said, like, I've continued to love and pray for each of my kids. Um, I tell them I love them. Um, When appropriate, I say that Jesus loves them. I meet them where they are, emphasize that it's a relationship between them and Christ that matters most. A friend of mine said, sharing a meal, always involving them in their lives and still checking in. Boom. Um, Yeah. Uh, Another good friend of mine said, continue to reach out, invite them into into my life and in my home, serve and pray for them. Um, And she said, which is just a reality, she said, but honestly, they mostly ghost me. Um, It's really hard. Another friend of mine said, I still check in with them. I comment on their stories. I treat another person, I treat them the same way in hopes that they still see the love of Jesus through me. Mm. Um, and then when I, I asked, like, for those of you who have walked away from the church, like, what, what did you wish would have happened? And a friend said, those were my biggest pet peeves when I abandoned the church for a few, uh, for a few years is that people weren't there for me, that I felt preached at. Um, I didn't feel like people listened or comforted me. Um, and then another person said, uh, people who just listened and didn't try to change me or still stung, hung out with me regularly. And then this was really powerful. She said, I wish my family didn't cry and act like my happiness was their devastation. Mm. Um, another person was like, don't treat me differently because of leaving the church. Um, And this one was really powerful. She said, I would have wished that God would have fought harder to keep me, prove himself. But instead, I was met with silence. I also felt like friends of faith were not wanting to be associated with me. So she wishes that uh, people, and then she says, I wish they would have chose acceptance instead. And I think that's a really hard line. Like, how do we love these people but obviously, as, as Christians, we do have like a hard and fast line of what God has said in his word. So how do we, my gosh, show them the love of Christ? Christ hung out with the, with the most broken of broken. Mm. And he was kind and he was gracious and he loved them. But also, loving is truth-telling. So how do we find that balance of speaking truth and and um doing it in a way that that is still pleasing to God and and loving to that person and i think it takes a ton of discernment and i think it takes being filled with the lord i know that god already tells us to be in relationship with him um it took me way too long in life to realize that having a relationship with God is not like how I have a relationship with Abraham Lincoln. I know a lot of Abraham Lincoln facts. School has taught me a ton about Abraham Lincoln, but I have never once had a personal interaction with Abraham Lincoln. And a lot of times that's how we as believers treat God. We have a lot of God facts in our pocket. We know what God's word says but we've never once had an interaction with God. So 
before we go and take it as our mission to convert these people in a quick whip, Mm. how do we first come to God and say, let me know you. Let me approach your word with a hunger for you the person of God, not the the hope of a feeling, not the hope of like your Holy Spirit came on me, not anything other than my God, I want to know you. And then after you have spent time with God, he gives you holy discernment. And in that discernment, then having those conversations with your friends, being very quiet and quick to listen and slow to speak, sensing the Holy Spirit's guidance of what words you say next. And God is faithful to show up because God also wants and longs for these people. And He knows the perfect words to say to them. And sometimes we just have to be quiet until God gives us the words to say. Hmm. Why do we find other people's doubt so offensive? Woo! Now, if that's not a word. Like, and, you know, I mean, the biggest way we see it, you know, like, because social media is the way everybody expresses themselves, you know, and we let we let a picture that somebody else created, that somebody else put together, um, speak for us, you know, so... I'll post things that I didn't think of, but somebody else thought of it and then created the image and then put it out there. And then I copied it for the 10th time for somebody else. And then somebody else does it too. And it's an opposition or it shows people's doubt. Why, why do we get so offended when we see someone who we knew or we know used to believe in Jesus or still does, but is doubting and is choosing to live in that doubt? Because like, it's not a personal offense to us. It's not. But we're acting like it is. We are. And I think that's one thing, first and foremost, we need to back the hell up. And we need to not treat them like they're exiles. Woo! Come on. Um, That's good. We we should not oppose them. Mm. Yeah, it's not a battle between us. It's not. We, I think we need to hurt for them. You're very empathetic. You um that's a very easy and quick thing for you to say and I want you to talk more about it because naturally that is something that's very hard for me. So what does hurting alongside of them look like? It it's it it can be a little time consuming. And I mean, by, and by that, I mean like two or three minutes, which is a lot for some people to... It's a lot to stay in pain for three minutes. And well, it's not, it's not even to be in pain. It's to consider. I'm just saying. It, I know, but it's to consider the pain. Correct. You know, like for the, for the girl that we know who has been divorced and who is now living a life who's who went through the doubt and who has now fallen away from the Lord. That had to hurt. Mm. And like having that I curiosity. Mean, your, your marriage was before the Lord. Mm. It was presented before the Lord. That's good. And 
that brought you nothing but hurt. And when you needed someone to come rescue you, it feels like God didn't rescue you, but he abandoned you with this person. And... It didn't, all the faith you had didn't add up to enough to make it better. And so I'm sorry. Like it, Mm. it hurts and it's unfair and you didn't deserve it. You know, the hurt that other people cause you, you didn't deserve it. Mm. And I know that feeling that God didn't show up. Mm. It feels like God didn't show up. And we waited and we waited and we waited and we waited and we waited. Mm. And he didn't show up. And then to top it off, some jerk face, somebody, people, people then start to X out you. And then people start to oppose you. And then people start to judge you. And they're typically the people who say that they love God as well. And so now it feels like God is opposing you. And now you have the people of God opposing you. Of course you don't want to go back to that. Mm-hmm. It's because it's it's painful. And w- w- why should you have to defend yourself when somebody else hurts you and you're struggling in your doubt? And that's the yeah. thing too. It's like, it's, it's doubt, you guys. Like, we shouldn't have to defend ourselves to other people when we're doubting. Like, how, how dare we go to somebody when they're in their doubt and be like, you know, and, and start judging them. Instead, like Paige said, come alongside them. Just let them know that you understand. Or if you don't understand, ask to understand. Yeah that you want to understand. And I mean it we're so quick to oppose those who have doubted and then who have fallen away. And and sometimes I think we think that we're on a holy crusade. Like this is my mission that I have to defend God. Uh I have to defend God and defend what's happening here. And God's big enough. He can take care of himself. Like yeah. we're in, we don't have to take on this warrior badge of of making sure that God's name is protected. Mm-hmm. You know what we do have to do, though? Be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. When I fell away from the Lord for three years, the people in the church didn't oppose me. They, they sent postcards <laughs> telling you they missed I would you. Get, I would get postcards. I would get letters in the mail, pictures of my baptism. Mm. And on the back it was written, remember. Um, Dee Dee Mazur, when I was a freshman, got a prayer card with my name on it. And to this day, 20 some odd years later, it's still on her nightstand, on her mirror, and she prays for me. Do and I she, love Dee Dee Mazur and she prayed, so much? And she, when, when I came back to the church, when I started coming back to the Lord, she came up to me and she told me that. And, and at that time, it had been on her nightstand for 10 years. Man. And like that. Okay, I'm going to challenge every person here. <laughs> if you are a part of a Bible-believing church, go find the youth pastor. Ask him, who are the kids that are most hard to love, that are furthest from the Lord? Get their name. 
put it on a night on a note card, put it by your nightstand, and let's pray that Jesus Himself would be made apparent in this kid's life, that He would unveil this kid's eyes, and that they would know and understand God in a new and real way that comes to a saving knowledge of Him. I am telling every single one of y'all to do that. Listen, and let you know what, and no, let's let's start a crusade. And let that crusade be loving those people and praying for them. Let that be our battle. Let's fight to get them back to the Lord. But kindly. <laughs> but kind, No, no, but like be proactive. But like through the Holy Spirit asking God's guidance of like, God, I'm your vessel. I'm your hands and feet. How can I... Sh- share you with this person? Yeah. How do you want me to love this person? And maybe, maybe, bold statement here is to be on your hands and knees before God and lift this person up for 15 minutes a day. Maybe that's all God wants you to do, mm-hmm. period. And also, we are we are the bride of Christ. And mm-hmm. if... Damn me if I if I put a bad taste in somebody else's mouth mm. and it makes them oppose the Lord because I gave them a bad taste in their mouth. Like we're gonna we are we are a representation of Jesus to other people. Maybe we all should do away with social media because <laughs> now I'm like, mm, have I posted some things I probably shouldn't? I used to I'm, I still do. I, I it's a big struggle for me. Um because we want I don't know why we do it. <laughs> Oh no! There was this. Um, this was after the podcast. I posted a thing about some policy that I didn't agree with, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is like so scary." And that's all that I said. But it was enough. Like it was enough. Yeah. And someone reached out to me from the podcast who I was friends with in high school. Dearly love her so so much, and she was like, "I thought you didn't want to post political things." She was like, "That's right. I listened to the podcast." I thought that it wasn't worth it. And I was like, oh my gosh, you are completely right. Mm. Like, thank you for holding my feet to the fire. Thank you for like reminding me this isn't worth it. This two minute post is not worth anyone not seeing Jesus in me. Mm. I'd have repented Jesus too. (laughs) Um, I think a really good tool that we don't utilize when it comes to uh, responding to those who have had, who have doubted and then fallen away mm. um, is the tool of just asking. Oh, that's good. Talk about that. Like we're so quick to formulate and think of all the reasons why and start to make up the story. And then we'll also go through their pictures and their posts and we'll start looking for the pictures they're tagged in and be like, I need to, I need to find this story out. <laughs> so let me, let, let me try to create it. Right. When, you know, it'd be really amazing if you called them or you got together with them or you DM them or whatever. And you just said, Hey, I noticed this. What's going on? Are you okay? Are you like, okay? Um, and I think there's some relationship equity in there because yeah, people oh, oh, can yeah. there's a lot. people can BS detect real quick. And if you 
There have been times where I have been in so much pain and people are just fishing for information. Yep. That happened one time when I miscarried. A dear friend, she meant so well by it. And another time when Mike and I separated, when someone was just fishing for information. And I I cannot even tell you how much I wanted to throw my phone up against the wall. Mm-hmm. Like, stop. That's not Christ. Yeah. If, if, it's, if it's not sincere, uh, stick it where the sun don't shine and just move on. Or go before your knees before the Lord and ask <laughs> on their behalf. For that God too. To show yes, up. that too. But remember honestly, what guys, I just said. <laughs> but honestly, just like don't be afraid to ask. And that's the thing is like have have the hard conversation and don't and by but and I do not mean by that like, hey Jeff, um, so why you fall away from the Lord? You need to get your crap back in order. Oh my no, gosh. No. no. Like, it is not our job to convict. Just love on them and ask them and be there for them. Because you know what? The thing is, is it's very rare for somebody to come up to you when you're in doubt and when you're showing the signs of doubt and falling away to ask that question. Instead, they're just going to judge. So be the one person who does that. And it could make a huge difference. And you know what? It'll teach you how to love on them. Right. And it'll... Teach you how to love on others too. And also, it'll show you areas where you might fail too and fall as well. Mm. I think we all do need to remember that whatever the situation is, and this isn't the first time I said it on here, but whatever the situation is, we're all one choice away from it. So instead of looking down our nose at XYZ for XYZ position, um, why don't we like, look straight on with compassionate eyes and realize that we could be there as well. And um, more than anything, I have realized um, as I'm pursuing God um, more diligently, there is a lie out there that we don't have to pursue God daily. Hmm. There's a lie out there that we don't have to be in God's word. And I'm going to be honest, there is a time not two years ago that I was like, I don't know, <laughs> believers went for a really long time and they couldn't read and they didn't have a copy of God's word and they did fine. <laughs> it's like, do I need that? And that was a straight lie from Satan that I just like hook, line, and sinker believed. Mm. And the reality is, of course the enemy doesn't want you to read God's word because from reading God's word, your life changes. It changes in the best way possible. Mm. And in what happens is the, the more time we spend away from the things of the Lord, the duller we become, the smaller his voice becomes. Ugh. No wonder we can't hear God when we're watching TV shows nonstop, when our music is blaring anything other than the Lord. Or and, we're seeking wisdom and insight from other things. Right. And here recently, and guys hear me, I know I'm extreme. Listen, if I'm a Jesus freak, so be it. Like, But I've just realized I don't have time for anything that's not of the Lord. I just don't. And like, sure, I'd love to know what the latest like fun thing is. 
but it doesn't matter. It just straight up does not matter. It's just a distraction. And sometimes you need to be distracted. Sometimes you need to put on a bubblegum TV show to just numb because you have gone nonstop. But the reality is we live in numb 24-7 because we're too afraid to experience life. Hmm. That's really good. Well, friends. This is, I mean, this was a, we were trying to figure out for the longest time how to have this, this podcast, this, this episode. The Holy Spirit just shows up each time. We turn on the mic and I don't know what happens, but God is just like ever present with us. And thank you, Lord. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I want to say like, I'm still, I'm, I'm not the best at this. I'm not speaking from a place of like, guys, I've, I've practiced this, you know, 17,000 times. This is how it functions. Uh, if anything, I'm on the, I'm, I'm on the opposite end. I've received this from so many people. Mm. Um, God. the Johnsons, mm. I'm going to call them by name are people that have done that for me, you know, right. and who have loved me through my doubt and my unbelief and my falling away. Um, for the sole purpose that they love Jesus, mm. they they gained nothing, and that's the, and that's the thing too is we we don't gain anything, but man, they do, and the Lord does, and that's why we, that's why we need to do it. Mm-hmm. So like, I know things are crazy right now with social media and all this stuff going on in the world, and guys, for those of you who are young, you're gonna see it more and more and more as you get older. For those of you who are our age. You're seeing it. You might even be it. Um, and if you are it, how are you doing? How are you? Uh, we would love to know. And I'm sorry if I haven't reached out. Um, but I'll tell you, like in Psalm 77, it it feels like God's grace and mercy and his face has been turned away from us. But sometimes we got to look back and we got to remember all the good the Lord has done and try to use that to destroy that doubt. So I encourage mm-hmm. you guys to love on those who are in doubt. Also, I would encourage you to be in God's word. Amen. Also, there is a very great tool and Mike is going to like, he is so sick of me saying this, I'm sure. But a lot of Bible times, we, yes, <laughs> a lot of times we read God's word and we don't know what it's talking about. <laughs> the Bible recap is such an incredible tool. You can get it on Spotify or on Apple Podcast. However you're listening to this, my gosh, just go and look up Bible recap. But there's a lot of times where I read scripture and I'm not really sure what it says. And yes, you can do commentaries and they are very fantastic and wonderful. I do not do not replace your normal quiet time with this. But the Bible recap, you read three chapters of the Bible. Then you listen to an eight-minute podcast. Who does not have eight minutes of their time? It has changed my life, friends. It has radically made me understand God's word. It really, really has. And know him and love him in a truly different way because, my gosh, it's God himself. And almost a little annoying, too, sometimes. You're like, Bob, recap, guys. We should get sponsored by that. Or we should (laughs) just sponsor. No, we're sponsoring them. Yeah, we're going to sponsor them. (laughs) But for sure. Um be in God's word. You know, the things of God are so otherworldly that it is very hard to communicate in English or any other earthly tongue. 
But what happens when we open up God's word, I, because I drive around a lot, uh, taking my kids to and fro, I listen to it and then listen to the Bible recap. It doesn't matter. However you are consuming God's word, it changes you. Mm. It is so good. And I just, I strongly plead with you to open up God's word and watch how it changes you. Preach. Friends, love you guys so much. <laughs> Thanks for being patient with us as we uh, take forever to post an episode. We're going to try to get back on it. We just took a little siesta, okay? A little fiesta. A little Ooh, party. <laughs> that sounds fun. Guys, thanks for joining us. This is Laugh So You Don't Cry. <laughs>